Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time again for Spawn Daily. We're up to issue number 46. Uh, another really fantastic issue. It, this book is so good. Uh, you know, I remember the criticisms of Spawn early on, the criticisms of a lot of the early image books, especially with lateness. And I get it, right? Retailers were paying for books and then they wouldn't even be there to sell. They wouldn't even show up in the shipments to sell, to recoup their money. Uh, yes, all of the guys that founded Image were known for their artwork, not necessarily for their writing skills. Doesn't mean they don't know how to tell a story. Doesn't mean that they can't learn uh, how to shore up their weaknesses. And, you know, we said it a lot early on that McFarlane was very repetitious. It was a lot of info dumps. There were walls of dialogue. That's all gone away here. Um, and, you know, we, the other thing that we mentioned was when he was drawing the book as well as writing it, that he would often say things in the, the dialogue or in the, the exposition boxes that you could clearly see in the art. I think splitting up the writing duties and the art duties, once he's teaming up in this case with Tony Daniel, you know, Greg Capullo is doing every other issue that you didn't see that as much. Um, yes, he can still be wordy. Yes, he can still be expositional. But with that addition of the summary inside the front cover and just, I think, with him doing it and with him being talented and him knowing how to tell a story visually that, you know, and eventually you get better telling it narratively. And, you know, it's like anything, the more you do it, for the most part, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into the issue. As I said, Tony Daniel is his uh, artist on this one. We have a really cool cover from Tony Daniel with Spawn looking very buff with uh, the majestic cape and the big collar and uh, Daniel's signature bat <laughs> that he likes to put in the uh, in the backgrounds for Spawn. There's some down at the bottom as well. So if we look inside the front cover, we see story by McFarlane. Todd, to, uh, Tony Daniel does the pencils. Kevin Conrad on inks. Tom Orzakowski handling the letters. Tom Broker and Roy Young on colors. And it, interesting because, you know, I talked a lot last time we had a Tony Daniel, Kevin Conrad rendered book about how it seemed like the, the uh, colors were very much computer colorized. And it had a painterly quality. There wasn't a lot of sharpness to the backgrounds. And so uh, I wanted to pay attention to this time to see if I thought that was the case or maybe if they went back to coloring traditionally or if they figured out how to still do computer coloring, but have it be a little more traditional. And there is the uh, aforementioned uh, summary paragraph there talking about Spawn 43. Tiffany and Spawn continue their battle. Uh, Spawn's internal neurosystem released that explosion of pure malicious energy. All the animals attacked her. Spawn head back, headed back to New York. Detective Burke realized that him and Twitch probably weren't ever going to get their jobs back with the NYPD. So they're planning on opening their own uh, detective agency. We saw Wanda go to the doctor. She's worried that she got Terry sick. And then Spawn talked to Cog at the end with Cog warning him that, hey, if you don't get control of your costume, it's going to take you over. Uh, and the way it's put in the paragraph here, the, the costume will take ultimate control. So clearly that could be a problem. Uh, meanwhile, in Brooklyn, there's a family that's just sitting down to dinner when there's a knock at the door. Guy goes to open it. There's a couple of clearly mafia thugs uh, on the other side. So this guy's an accountant or a low level something or other for the mob. It's clear. 
he doesn't want to go with them. They flash a gun, threaten his wife and kid. So, of course, he decides to go with them, telling his wife, and I'm sure, you know, he sees the writing on the wall, telling his wife, hey, make sure you tell uh, tell our daughter how much I, I love her when you tuck her in bed tonight, and you look beautiful tonight, and I'll be home late. And he goes, he gets in the car uh, where Tony Twist, Vito Gravano, whatever name he's going by this week, is there with him. And sure enough, guy takes a bullet to the brain. They kick him out on the street. The wife is hysterical, hysterical, we are told, takes her hours before she can stop crying. Uh, and the, they come and take the body away, but the blood stain on the sidewalk never goes away. And we see Tony Twist there, pretty happy with this turn of events, actually. I mean, obviously, he ordered the hit, uh, but he loves that they did it right there in the neighborhood. He says, Johnny was too dumb, uh, too stupid to be stealing from me on his own, but this will serve as a warning to whoever else. Uh, might have been helping them and they'll they'll probably panic and then they'll give themselves away and I can take care of them uh, also. So as Tony goes back uh, into his office, he tells one of his hitmen, hey, keep an eye on that neighborhood. Let me know if you th- see anything suspicious. And the hitman says, okay, sure, whatever. He walks out and then uh, Tony gets a call and it's from the uh, the family over in Italy the ones that lent Tony over to kill and they're demanding him back. And we're told that every devil has its master, even Vito Gravano. So, you know, just because he's a big guy here, there's, there's always somebody else higher uh, and he needs to figure out how to get them back what they need. Otherwise Tony's going to be the one that ends up with a bullet in his head. So meanwhile, we check in on the, the worms and the maggots and whatnot that the, uh, the costume that spawns livery, his uh, symbiotic costume had deposited in the uh, in the dumpster near where he stays. And it's talking about how it smuggled these worm maggot sort of things in the folds of its cloak, along with some soil where it stayed hidden and it could continue to absorb evil. And then it's basically a, a snack for the, the costume. It's a way for the costume to, uh, to recharge and, uh, Spawn's not going to let anything uh, come to harm this. You know, we see some rats trying to eat them and yeah, that that's not going to happen. So uh, just a little reminder of, of the way the costume can regenerate itself as opposed to actually the energy that Spawn has that Malbolgia gave him that he uses to heal or uses to fight or, or what have you. And um, we're also t- told about the way these, uh, these worms and insects and whatnot are, sort of magnets, sponges for the, uh, the aura of, of evil that can be found in living things. And Spawn, Al Simmons, he hasn't been doing enough bad things to nourish the costume is basically what it comes down to, right? Like we know this costume is from hell itself, was born there. It's a creature of hell. Unlike Al Simmons, who used to be a man born on earth, obviously has a body of necroplasm or psychoplasm now. But still, he's not made of the same stuff. So he, even though his body's made of that substance that's from hell, it doesn't nourish him in that way, right? He needs something different. Maybe it's because of the way he sees his body, right? Like he envisions his body being human. So that's why he has bones and a heart and whatever, even if they don't even if he doesn't need them to function, technically the power that Malbolgia gave him sustains him. Uh, but what sustains 
the costume, what sustains the symbiote is the, the evil that he can extract from these lower life forms. Um, and we're told that they are in, in effect bottled sin. So you can think of them just as sin in a, in a receptacle. And that's what the costume can feed on to nourish itself. So um, there's a couple of the homeless guys and they happen to wander into Spawn's area and he turns around and he's got the worms all over his face and they kind of freak out and go running away. It's they're grossed out by it as I think a lot of people would be seeing that in the dark as Spawn's, uh, you know, absorbing the, the sin or his costume rather is absorbing the sin. Um, and Cogliostro we see there is, is looking on and definitely worried uh, about what, uh, what Al Simmons is doing. Meanwhile, we uh, check in on Wanda and Terry. Wanda is looking at some paperwork. She's about to start uh, construction on the children's wing of the hospital uh, that she's been overseeing and raising funds for. Still don't know who the anonymous donation was from. We know it was strings pulled by Jason Wynn. And I'm still convinced that once the construction starts, Wynn's going to pull the rug out from under her. That's going to be the pressure point that he puts on her per Mal Bulge's instructions. Uh, we see Terry come home. He's feeling really sick and looks worn down, uh, hugs his daughter, and then heads off to bed. So um, as I said uh, about last issue, how I, I really love it when McFarlane touches on these other plot threads. We get it, even if it's just a peek for a page or two of what these other characters are doing, it, it, it feels like it expands the scope of the story. Uh, it's nice to check in on them, keep their story momentum going. Uh, like I said, even if it's only for uh, a page or two. Meanwhile, we see the uh, the hitman who took out Johnny at the beginning of the issue. We find out his name's Orca because he's giant and he's white. So he's like a whale and he's a killer. So Orca and he goes to get in his car and we see that somebody attacks him. And uh, we're told that even though he had a body count that was so high, he couldn't keep track of it anymore. His number's just been capped. But by who? Uh, we're not sure yet. Meanwhile, the next morning, we see another of Vito Gravano's guys going to collect uh, protection money from one of the shopkeepers in the neighborhood. The guy's like, I don't have your money. I'm sorry. And uh, the protection guy's like, well, you're never late. You never don't have our money. I don't believe you. And he goes into the back room to look for it himself. And again, he just like Orca, he meets uh, a pretty terrible fate. And then a little later in uh, Vito Gravano's office, there's a box that's delivered and it's got the heads of Orca and that protection guy. So Gravano loses it. Uh, I want whoever did this dead. Nobody does this to my guys. I'm not talking next week or tomorrow. I'm talking right now. I want that son of a bitch killed tonight. Uh, somebody just started a war. So, you know, he's he's pretty upset, but they don't even know where to start looking. I mean, how, how would you? So meanwhile, as uh, spawn is snacking on the bottled sin, I guess you'd say uh, Cogliostro shows up. And again, he's, uh, he's talking to spawn. He's in, in a way he's trying to educate him, but it, it's like, he doesn't just want to give spawn the answers. It, it's kind of like that old um, saying, right? Like, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he can, you know, feed himself for the rest of his life. That's what Cogliostro is trying to, to get through to Spawn, right? Because Spawn's telling him, yeah, so I battled this angel and, and I killed her. Uh, all that was left was her skeleton. She was eaten alive. And, he, and Cogliostro's like, skeleton? Like, what are you, 
what are you talking about? She's not dead. She's still alive. And Spawn's like, no, what are you talking about? All that was left was her skeleton. And he says, just like you, angels don't have bones, right? Like that, that's not, that's not a thing. And the only way to, to kill them would be to absorb their light, which you didn't do. So she could, she's probably still here on earth and she could be anywhere because angels can shapeshift. You know, she's very similar to, you know, you, for you, for, you know, lack of a better term. Um, she doesn't, she's not human. She doesn't have bones. She doesn't, I mean, maybe that's how she, you perceive her because she's choosing to have you perceive her that way, but that that's not really what she's made out of. And the fact that you are evil and you're made out of necroplasm, that's something that angels can sense. So she could be anywhere. She could be waiting for you. She could make herself look like a bum or a hooker or a dog and get close to you and you'd never know it. And Spawn's like, okay, so what should I do? And Cogliaster's like, he's at his wits end. He's like, oh, for the love of Pete, learn, right? You're a Spawn. And you, you think you're human, but you're not. Those days are gone. So you have all these people that are after you, you know, Mount Bolgia, uh, Sam and Twitch, these different angels, heaven. You're stuck in, in between this war between heaven and hell. Um, you got to pick up the slack. You got to learn. You got to learn the ropes. Um, but you keep ignoring you know, all, this, all the signs, all, all parts of the game. And you need to be aware. You need to be up to speed on this stuff because you, you can't control this massive fight between heaven and hell. The people on earth, uh, or the, I know Spawn's not a, technically a person, right? Because he's not human. But he says, those on earth, us on earth, we're just the middlemen, is the way Cogliastro puts it. So Spawn's kind of annoyed. He's like, so what's the point then? What are, we, what are we doing? Should we just get out of the way and let them fight it out? And he says, the point is to fight for what's right. I mean, the whole reason you came back, the whole reason you made the deal was for your wife, because you wanted to be with her. And that's what's right. So why are you, you know, why are you giving up? And Spawn's like, well, it's, it's too hard, right? I got, I got Terry, I got Phil Violator, I got Angela, I got Jason Wynn. Um, like, I, I don't even know where to turn. And, and Cogliostro's like, well, they're, they're pieces of the puzzle and you need to, you need to uh, start putting the puzzle together, right? Stop trying to, stop waiting around for somebody to give you the answers. Like, go out there and learn and have agency and, you know, be in control, just like you need to be in control of your costume. And, you know, again, Allison is like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And so Cog's like, well, you can start by remembering what I told you about your costume and how hell wants you to act instinctively. You need to think about what you're doing and be deliberate and stop just playing into others' hands and, and reacting. And he goes into the dumpster and he pulls out a big glob of the, uh, the worms. He goes, this is a perfect example. You've been playing right into the hands. Uh, you, you're letting these worms, you know, feed your, your costume and, you know, siphon evil. And it's interesting what Spawn says, what Al Simmons says, says, well, I need them. And he goes, and Cogdash says, well, I mean, you need nourishment, but not this way. You're, you're letting your uniform call the shots. And if you want to be a real man, open your eyes, open your ears and learn. 
it's interesting because when Spawn says, I need them, he almost sounds like a junkie, like he's hooked on the, the aura of evil that these things put out. And, and to Cogliostro's point, sort of right. He, you do need nourishment. You do need energy, but not this way. You know, we know that Al Simmons is not an evil guy. We know that symbiote needs evil aura to exist, but there's got to be a better way. Like, don't just give in to what the costume wants. Again, going back to that idea of the costume as the enemy, the, the closest enemy, and uh, and Al Simmons maybe being weak and not even realizing it. So then uh, we check in on another one of Vito Gravano's wise men, I guess, uh, another one of his employees who's uh, having a little fun with a couple of hookers. <laughs> and when he takes a break to go to the bathroom, uh, the whole entire toilet is literally pulled through the wall. And we finally see who is the one that's been doing this. Uh, and it turns out it's uh, a guy named Tremor. We saw him first in issue 25. He wasn't named in issue 25, but we did get his origin. He worked for Vito Gravano. He uh, got transformed through some experiments and some uh, uses of chemicals and other various means into the, the greatest hitman. Um, but he, he suffered, he tortured, he only did it to save his wife and kids who were being held um, against their will, being held hostage by Gravano. And now he, he was able to finally escape. He was supposed to be this brainless weapon that Gravano could just point at whatever he wanted dead. Um, but the guy retained some intelligence enough to go after Gravano. So he's looking for his uh, revenge now. And the reason he went after this guy is because this guy knows where Gravano lives. So uh, it's not too long before Tremor shows up at Gravano's house to get his final revenge to kill him. But Gravano has an ace up his sleeve and he says, uh, you can't kill me because uh, I was I was worried that you'd come back. And so I never killed your brother. I kept him as insurance. He's still alive and I know where he is. And Tremor at first doesn't believe him. But then after he thinks about it, he thinks, you know, that's exactly something I would expect uh, Gravano to do. And so uh, instead he just grabs his hostage and leaves uh, and says he, he has some, some plans for uh, Gravano. He's going to, uh, to go for help actually. Uh, and we see that on, uh, on the next page when he goes to talk to spawn and uh he says, Hey, Spawn, you remember me? Spawn's like, what, what the heck do you, what do you want? And uh, Tremor's like, Oh, you're going to help me uh, take out Gravano uh, because I have the information you need. And Spawn's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you. And uh, the reason that we find out that Tremor took that uh, henchman, the reason he took him along to go meet with Spawn, he says, uh, Hey, why don't you tell this guy the names that you just told me? And this guy that works for Gravano says Wanda Blake, Terry Fitzgerald, Cyan Fitzgerald, Jason Wynn. And Spawn's look, got like a shocked expression on his face. And Tremor says, that's enough. So what do you say now, partner? So uh, very much seems like Spawn is going to uh, be teaming up with Tremor. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, as far as the art, as you can see, as I'm flipping through, it is, I would say, more detailed the backgrounds tend to be a little more detailed than they were the last Tony Daniel issue we had drawn, but it does seem like there are a few pages where we still get those like computerized colored backgrounds, a few panels here and there where it just doesn't bring much to the story. 
Um, and I, again, I, I, I can't speak to uh, exactly what's happening or exactly why they're choosing to do it that way. Maybe it's just for speed purposes. Maybe they're learning how to, to uh, color with the computer program. Um, but I, it's just as detailed as the foreground work is uh, and as much as I enjoy it, and I do see some McFarlane influence in uh, the way Tony Daniels doing his anatomy. Uh, it's not, I don't think overall the artwork is as detailed as what Capullo's is and Capullo's style at this time, at the time in the nineties, when these were being released, it was much closer to McFarlane style than, than Tony Daniels. But the other thing that's, that's interesting is you can see the McFarlane influence on both Capullo and Daniel so I think in collected edition, they're not that far off that it would be kind of jarring or pull you out of the story. Um, although you might notice the lack of detail or the interesting way they're coloring every other issue when Daniels does it. So overall, a really, really fun issue. Like I said last time, I love the fact that we're bringing in some of these other uh, plot threads. We did not get Sam and Twitch this issue, but that's okay. We got Gravano, quite a bit of him. We got uh, plenty of spawn. We got Cogliostro. We got we checked in on Wanda and Terry. So again, it felt like a big chunk of story. I like the fact that Cogliostro is trying to kick Spawn in the butt in a lot of ways. You know, he's he's like, dude, you came back because you wanted to be with your wife because you wanted, in a way, to be a man, right? Um, to be human, to be alive again. In order to do those things do those things like yes you're not a man anymore but you can still learn you can still stand up and act like a like a man you can act with some agency stop just reacting and learn and grow and you know learn about your costume take control of it like he's really trying to motivate spawn like what now and now what his motivations are for doing this still remains somewhat of a mystery and i'm sure we'll find it out at some point because cogliastro as we've been told, is a member of a uh, some society that's he's not on heaven's side, he's not on hell's side, sort of on his own side. So I don't know. For all I know, they could be the arms dealers in the uh, in the situation, right? Where they're uh, they benefit from an open warfare between heaven and hell because they get to supply the weapons to both sides. Who knows? Um, I'm speculating, but overall, love where the story is going. I'm really enjoying Daily Spawn. Enjoying getting a chance to read these. I mean, we are far beyond where I read um, on my own. I had definitely given up, uh, dropped spawn, wasn't collecting anymore at this point. I think I dropped it somewhere around issue 30. So never have read these before. They really hold up, um, really enjoying it. And, you know, I got what, 200, little under, little, little under 300 issues to go, 280 issues, maybe. Uh, 290 issues. So I uh, hope you guys are going to be along for the ride uh, the whole time. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you joining as always, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. 
Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.